Welcome to the Make an Impact podcast presented by the American Association of Suicidology. I'm Chris Cosentino, and today we're joined by AAS President and CEO, Leanne Sherman. Welcome to the podcast, boss. Thanks, Chris. So happy to be doing this. So this is going to be the first of quarterly interviews with you to provide AAS updates on what folks can look forward to and it's really just to give that that state of the association talk. And, and I think that that kind of communication is important, um, you know, for the community. Um, but with that being said, you are in year one of uh, stepping into this role of, of president and CEO. How has your first year been? Well, it's been incredible um, for many, many reasons. And um, it's been challenging, to be honest with you. Um, we've We've come from... Some of the, the listeners may know we've come from a long history of great work by many people. Um, so many people you couldn't even, you know, count them all. And and names uh, that go back 50 plus years as a 55 year old organization. Recently, we've had some, you know, trials and tribulations as an organization. The ebb and flows of, you know, how things happen in the nonprofit world, um, leadership changes, focuses. And with those ebbs and flows, it's allowed this organization to take a little time, step back, and set the track moving forward to the future. And that's what we're doing now, and that's what I've been hopefully trying to accomplish for the last year. And, and bringing staff like yourself and other uh, key people on board has been crucial to that strategic vision for the organization. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't think I've ever really said this to you before, but one of the real main things that drew me to this opportunity for, for me to come to AAS was you in the sense that you were willing to accept a challenge. And I think that's a characteristic that I share as well. It's like, I don't want to go somewhere that, that is smooth sailing. You know, I'm more attracted to the challenge and, and fixing things. So curious, you know, for our listeners to know, you know what changes have been made to steer the ship in that right direction? Absolutely. Well, this organization, as, as I mentioned, was built upon good people wanting to do great things. And that has not changed. So I want to make sure that that foundation and everyone knows that that's, that's still here. But as we know, from a clinical perspective, from a research perspective, from a society and environment perspective, um, over years, over decades, people change, things change. And that has to happen both with your corporate companies and it has to happen with your associations and nonprofits. So one of the things that I did when I came in just about a year ago, as you mentioned, was really assess where we are, uh, where we are relative to our mission and our vision, where we are relative to the things we should be focusing on and those ancillary things that maybe aren't a focus, but we need to take into consideration. Uh, and then as well, looking at what are those things that AAS hasn't done, or, or to be honest with you, hasn't done very well, maybe in the more recent past or at all. And um, and that's really how I've built this last year. And of course, it's been built with support of our board of directors, um, committee leaders, uh, people within the organization that have volunteered for many, many years. Uh, but working toward finding some particular goals and objectives and being able to create success around those uh, has been really important for the vision. So I, I'm excited that you're here and that we're talking about this today because a lot of people don't realize that 
huge change in the transformation. We'll call it a transformation that's occurred in this last year. Um, and I don't know if you want me to get into it now, Chris, and talk a little bit about it. It's just exciting. I feel like I can't contain discussing it. <laughs> well, listen, you, you say AAS has this rich history. We're, we're a 55-year-old organization. But right now, we're acting almost like a startup in many ways. Absolutely. You know, what are some of the challenges that you face in, in this first year? Part of it is, you know, AAS has been known for that historical perspective, and people have this view of what AAS has been and, and what we have done. Um, and then there's areas where, where there's a gap, and we should have really been in it, or we were many years ago, and we're not now. And getting back to those things is crucial. Um, when I've looked at where we need to be and how we need to move forward from a strategic vision standpoint and an operational standpoint, um, we really need to look at what's going on in our communities and society around the world. And that takes having partnerships and collaborations with many other organizations. Um, that, from what my view is and from what I've seen, has faltered over the years. We, we haven't had the strong collaborations that we should have as an organization. And so that's been a challenge um, to build that back or build it at all. Um, what I am seeing, though, is those organizations that we are um, partnering with now and collaborating with are excited, excited to be partnering with AAS, excited to um, look at how we can move the needle together and really transform, you know, suicide awareness and prevention. So partnering collaboration has been a, a bit of a struggle from the standpoint of we didn't have a great foundation, but it's been enormously rewarding because people want to connect and want to work together. It's probably one of the first things that's been a challenge, but we're really successful in continuing to grow. Why is collaboration so important in this field? Well, we all do, we all do some good things spectacular. Um, we all do a few things great, um, but everyone cannot do everything. It's just not feasible, both for time, money, um, and focus. If you want to be a really good organization that continues to, to ebb and flow in, in society and grow, you can't do everything. So that means that you have to find those partners where you might do a piece of the puzzle um, and they do another piece. And when we put those together, we can really make a difference or as we call it, make an impact. Um, doing it alone, someone else is doing it alone. And then there are struggles that come with that. And we're all kind of on that same wheel, that same hamster wheel. And so when you combine those, you can really get a lot more done. So we're talking about these changes that, that you know, you've been uh, leading. What, what can folks look forward to in the coming months? There's, I would say, probably four or five um, main focuses, and I, and I say four or five because one of them is a is a priority no matter what we do. Um, and I would tell you, it's been this this year of rebuilding, and you're going to see people can look forward to it now and into the future. And that is our focus on research. That's something we've always been known for. Um, something where people know AAS and research is a priority. We have the only um, suicide uh, medical journal that's out there, um, the Suicide and Life-Threatening Behavior Journal. Um, you're going to see a lot more from us from the research perspective. And, and for a long time, we were the ones to go to. And I think that faltered. That's one of those things that faltered a little bit is 
we were doing it, but maybe not talking about it and sharing all the research. And so we need to get back to doing that. We also need to ensure that we are continuing to make research a priority. Um, so that that is number one. Number two would be policy and advocacy. You're going to see a lot more of that as we move forward. Um, AAS has been here and there in the policy advocacy space um, where we've been asked to be part of something, you know, very passive, I would say. Um, I know in the past years, some of our former leadership have worked with a few legislators on a, a few different um, priorities. But for me and for our board and um, our leadership, Advocacy and policy work is crucial. Um, we need to ensure that we are at the table, that we are helping to transform policy within the United States. Um, and we're a leader in the world. Um, let's not forget that. Uh, we're not the only leader in the world. But when we get together from a, an international and a world perspective, the United States is looked at. What are we doing with our strategies? What are we doing with our policies, our regulations, our laws? So AAS needs to be at the table, um, and we are. You're going to see a lot more of that, the listeners. Um, we're, we've created some advisory councils within the legislature, some um, Congress uh, men and women, senators, uh, working with the administration, working with um, key secretaries um, in, the, in the Biden administration cabinet. And we'll continue to do that in next election. Um, this is not a, a partisan issue. This is a suicide awareness and prevention issue. So advocacy policies are going to be extremely important. And we're going to be um, more seen and more heard in that realm. And, and Chris, just to follow up too, I think um, people have noticed for some trainings. We've had various trainings over the years and, and they've, they've all been good. Um, some, you know, more prevalent than others. And that is one of the surprises I'm not sure uh, that people realize is that when I came on board, we did a quick assessment and made a decision that all of our trainings need to be pulled down and either revised, updated, um, or or um, they need to be retired. And that is because some of them were a little bit older. Some, to be honest with you, and, and I'll say this, were quite a bit older. And it was important for us to really focus on the most um, new, innovative information that we're educating people and training people with that research education based, um, that we're really looking at the priorities of who, what, how, and why people need to have training and education and certifications. So we have a very robust program that the first few trainings have just dropped. We've got some new trainings coming out that people can register for. And in 2024, you will see a plethora of what I call the course catalog of training. And we're very, very excited about that. So one of the big things I know we're working on right now, and we're going to be rolling out um, more of that, of the plans in the coming weeks. Uh, but what can folks get excited about um, in AAS 24 when we send the 57th annual conference to Las Vegas on May 5th to the uh, to the 10th. Um, what can folks look forward to for for this year's conference? Well, it's exciting for for us, and um, hopefully exciting for everyone else is that we're actually branding this once again. I think people have known, you know, and expected 
you know, there's a pre-conference, there's a core conference, there's a few different things here and there, and they kind of plan their travel and plan their days around what they know AAS to be. Um, the good thing is people from um, our historical perspective have looked at AAS as, a, as an opportunity to network, find other individuals both in their field or um, if they're lost survivor lived experience and not in the field um, to connect and, and find other resources. You're going to still have all that, but we have a new branding of AAS 24 and AAS in the future. We're now doing specialized training and certification days. That's Sunday and Monday. Uh, Tuesday is a symposium day um, dedicated just to the symposiums. Um, and we've got three different tracks of those, of research and innovation, technology and innovation, and crisis centers. And then Wednesday and Thursday, um, and we're so excited about it, is the conference part um, that traditionally people would call the core conference. Uh, and that is actually going to have some amazing keynote speakers um, that people maybe not have ever heard before, but are outstanding. And we have six different tracks. So this is not meant to put anyone in a particular line and say you have to go to all of these sessions. They are tracks so people can take a look at the education and the information and say, I would really like to hear more about military veteran first responder or workplace or schools, K through 12, post-secondary. Or if you're a clinician, uh, and you really want to stay in the clinician field, crisis centers, um, communities, and, and the lost survivor lived experience. Um, we've got a research track. So you can go to any training session you want, any educational session you want, but at least people can have a more defined flow. And what I heard last year was um, not a negative, but that it was very hard to pick and choose which ones to go to, which is a very positive thing, to be honest with you, um, when you're planning a conference. But this year, you can actually be able to see it in more clear path and almost design where you want to go and what education and information you want to receive. And what's really exciting as part of this branding of this conference, we've got some great things. Um, for instance, Thursday night, uh, which is the night before the last day, um, we're going to have a concert. And Chris, I know you're working hard at this, but it's a, an 80s concert with the spasmatics. We're so excited. Um, kind of an opportunity just to let loose. It's been a hard week. Um, a lot of very heavy information and, and wonderful learning. And so Thursday night will be this incredible, incredible event. Um, we also have our, our annual awards. You know, those industry awards for the industry leaders, celebrating those individuals. and. There's no extra cost you know, to go to any of these things. Um, and we ended on Friday with, um, we're going to start the morning with a walk. Um, whether it's a, considered a survivor walk, a remembrance walk, but really to all walk together in unison um, for whatever the cause, the reason, the person. Um, and we're going to do that on the Vegas Strip. Now, I caveat that with some of the listeners are probably saying, well, Formula One's out there and the Vegas Strip is torn up. And it is. Um, but it will be uh, good for us in May when, when we're there. And when we get back from the walk, we're going to have our traditional Healing After Suicide Loss Summit. Um, and I urge everyone, that's included in the conference pricing. So it's very important for people to kind of take that step back now and say, what happens after the loss? What do we do now? 
where do we go from here? Uh, and we want to make sure that we provide people that. And it's not just those who are um, bereaved parents, sisters, brothers, husbands, wives, um, children. It's people also in the field, people who have been clinicians, lost a patient, um, people who are lost survivors, lived experience themselves, but in the field. So there are jam-packed days from the 5th through the 10th, and we're so excited to roll this out and then to keep this branded format moving forward each and every year. Excellent. Hey, I'm... I'm on. I'm obviously on the inside, um, you know, in all these meetings and and hearing about the conference. And I I personally cannot wait to get out there. It is going to be a blast. It's going to be uh, so educational. But like you said, there's going to be a lot of opportunities and activities that are going to be new this year, where folks can come together and and uh, and have a little bit of fun as well. So, um, you know, one of the areas that we've really been focusing on this year is the need for more funding to really help take AAS to that next level. When we reach out to folks, uh, you know, you know, to to ask them to donate, you know, how how will those funds be used? Absolutely, Chris, and thanks for bringing that up. Um, AAS has traditionally been funded by um, maybe a grant here and there, depending on something going on, but really, it's been based on what we do, um, and the funding sources really comes from our membership and comes from the training, certifications, workshops that we put on. And so um, some may think we get government funding or we have a line item or we have this large substantive grant or even a small grant, and, and we don't. Um, we do all that we do um, straight from those monies that we earn through putting on trainings, programs, the com conference, and so, so forth. So it's really important for us to be able to expand that. In this new vision and moving forward, we want to provide even more resources, toolkits, schools, teachers, parents, community leaders. We want to do even more training and, and education. And the goal is some of this would be free. A lot of it would be free for community people, teachers, parents, um, you name it. But the certifications and trainings are at a cost. And we try to keep those costs very low. But again, we are funded by um, bringing in the monies through those training certifications and education. So when someone donates, um, and they can do it in various ways, um, you know, for yourself and our director of development, Robert Coffey, um, have put together some really unique things through I Give, donating a car, um, you can donate um, stock or, or have an endowment um, of someone upon their death. Um, all those monies you can either choose a restricted thing for them to go to, such as the Suicide Life-Threatening Journal or dedicated only to developing training and education. Um, there are seven different ways that you can choose where the money goes. Whatever money you put in, anywhere from a dollar to whatever it is. Um, and then we do have, you know, an area where you can choose if you want it to be unrestricted. And that would mean that AAS chooses the opportunity of where best we can spend that money to get the education and resources and tools um, out to people. Uh, so there's lots of ways. If you're unsure and don't want to do it unrestricted, I know sometimes that bothers people because they want to know where their money's going. You can designate exactly where you want the money spent. And we keep copious records and we make sure that all of that money is spent exactly where it's designated to go. Um, but again, it is very important for AAS because we don't do 
you know, walks or subsales or fundraisers um, in the hundreds, like some other organizations do. And uh, we want to be able to continue to do the work each and every day. That's so helpful. And we want to make an impact. Um, and Chris, we didn't talk about this. But um, some people may say that they didn't realize the make and impact. Where did that come from? I'm just now starting to see that. And that was one of the initiatives when I came on board in 2023 was, what are we doing this for? You know, to your point, why you came on board, um, why I came on board. We want to make a difference. We want to make a change. And at the end of the day, we want to make an impact. Um, so that is really now part of our slogan if you want to call it that, part of our, um, it's actually part of our logo. Uh, it is everything that we do is based on the fact of making an impact. Advocacy, policy, research, education, it's all to make an impact. All right, let's jump in a time machine, okay? And let's take us to December 2024. Where do you see AAS at that time? Well, I see us uh, extremely busy with a lot of the new trainings and certifications that we put out in 2024. Um, we have got tons of them coming out, and really they span across the gaps that we've seen, um, the ever-growing statistics of suicide, suicide among youth, um, suicide among elderly, um, white men, you know, in their 40s. Um, you know, the BIPOC community, you know, we're working on things that can both help community leaders as well as help those within the field, military veterans. You'll see us doing a lot more there. You also, we have a lot of partnerships. We work with Safe Leo, which is the, um, you know, uh, it's law, suicide prevention for law enforcement. And we work with them and we're going to be doing a lot more with them. Um, you'll see us in that policy aspect where people will start to see more in maybe articles or news, whether they get it online, on TV. Um, and that's partly, you know, partly, Chris, my job and your job is to make sure people know um, how we can be helpful from a policy standpoint. You'll see AAS, it'll become more, again, of a household name. The people will go back to looking at AAS and understanding we are a resource, we are a first stop to go to. Um, again, we, we are not a call center. We are not a crisis center. Um, and we want people to still continue to contact 988 or 911 in case of an emergency. But we are working on a lot of things in 2024 that really take us, I feel, above anything AAS has done it before. And, and I say that um, not to minimize the work that's been done over the 55 plus years, but in the time that that work was done each and every year, each and every decade, we were leading the charge. And we once again need to lead the charge. And in 2024, people will see what we've been working on in 2023. Um, and it'll become relevant and it'll become something that is exciting for everyone to be able to know there's resources, education, policy work being done by AAS. Leanne Sherman. President and CEO of AAS. Thanks for taking time out of your busy day to chat. And uh, hey, let's keep making an impact out there. Thanks, Chris. Have a great day.